this afternoon in connection with the confession of the church concerning the creation, what we confess about God, the Father, our Creator. We'll read together Acts chapter 17, verses 22 to 34. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. Therefore the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives light, he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, while others said, We will hear you again on this matter. So Paul departed from among them. However, some men joined him and believed. Among them, Dionysius, the Areopagite, a woman named Damaris, and others with them. As far as the reading of Holy Scriptures, we'll also read together a portion of the uh, Confession of the Church, the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 9, chosen simply because it was recently preached in Emmanuel, where I serve as pastor. It's in the form, the book, Forms and Prayers, and if you'd like to read along, you can find it on page 210. It's the Word of God as summarized and confessed by the church. And the question is, what do you believe when you say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth? And the answer is that the Eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who out of nothing created heaven and earth and everything in them, who still upholds and rules them by his eternal counsel and providence, is my God and Father for the sake of Christ his Son. I trust God so much that I do not doubt he will provide whatever I need for body and soul and will turn to my good whatever adversity he sends upon me in this veil of tears. He is able to do this because he is Almighty God. He desires to do this because he is a faithful. Father, beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we believe that faith is the act of accepting all that God has revealed in the Bible is true, including the description of reality, as well as all the promises of the gospel, 
especially that promise that whoever believes in Jesus Christ has the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. And as Christians, we then express what we accept as true in written form in our statements of faith, which are found in the ecumenical creeds, that's the Apostles, the Nicene, and the Athanasian creeds, and then a host of longer, different, uh, different longer confessions. And these, I believe, statements have several functions in our own lives and in uh, the world. It's good to know what those statements of our faith are. For example, then, when you are uh, explaining the Christian faith to someone who's not used to being in church, you can use the summary of the scriptures provided in the creed, or if you want to know about someone else's teaching, if you want to know if it's faithful to the scriptures, then you can compare it to the creeds and the confessions, which will help you to see if you are united in your faith with that person or that church or, or not. Another purpose for the creeds and confessions is that they can help you reflect and see uh, how richly blessed you are as a result of God's grace, so that you might have the words to praise the Lord for these things. And so as we grow in our understanding of the Apostles' Creed, it's good to go through each of the statements and then look at it through one of, or through these three lenses. First see what it does, how it summarizes the teaching of Scripture, and then see how that statement expresses the unity of the church of all ages and places. And then you could see how that, that serves as words of praise or or doxology that you can use in your life. The creed declares the truth. It distinguishes the Christians, Christians from the world, and it defines our life. And the creed, the Apostles' Creed, begins with the statement that serves as the theme of the gospel proclamation this evening. God the Father Almighty is creator of heaven and earth. And we'll see that this statement of faith declares the Christian teaching, distinguishes the Christian church, and defines our Christian life. As we look at the catechism, which the Heidelberg Catechism, as it's commenting on the Apostles' Creed, you can see that it's, it's bringing together some of the, the key things we need to pay attention to when we think about God the Father as our Creator, the Creator of heaven and earth. And the first thing that the Scriptures teach us about this first person of the Trinity is that the eternal God is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This fellowship between God the Creator and His eternal Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, it's already found in the Old Testament Psalms of praise, like Psalm 2, as it's also described and explained in Hebrews 1. And then that connection between the Father and the Son again is repeated by our Lord Jesus Christ Himself when He was here on the earth. And noteworthy is John chapter 10 or John chapter 14. This eternal relationship within the, the Trinity, which we confess in Lord's Day, it also includes the, the Holy Spirit. That eternal relationship not only means that God is a personal God, who lives in relationships and can be identified with names and titles. He's not just a, a force or, or a power. 
also helps us to understand that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit were involved in the creation of the universe. But finally, it means that everyone who believes the Son of God is also therefore united to the Creator of heaven and earth. And that's where the, the catechism or confession, it drives us to see. We, we confess that the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, is for the sake of Christ His Son, my God and my Father. That's an amazing statement to, to make as Christians. We believe that the eternal creator of heaven and earth is my God and my Father. And, and the reality of what this means, it hits home when we understand the absolute majesty and the holiness of the Father who has adopted us to be his children. The describing word of our Father in Jesus Christ is the word eternal. That's gleaned from God's revelation in texts such as Psalm 90 that we, we sang as it was put to a hymn number 222. The Psalm 90 teaches us that the Lord Almighty existed before the universe was made. The Creator created time. He created a beginning point. Even though He Himself has no beginning and no end, for He always has been and He always will be, as we read in Colossians 1, verses 16 to 17. The statement that God is eternal also reveals to us that he is he is unchangeable he is holy he is perfect infinite almighty perfectly wise just good and the overflowing fountain of all good he is the source of all life in the universe our eternal father in jesus christ is so absolutely mighty that He created the universe we live in, and we confess, out of nothing. Since God existed from eternity with the potential to do anything and everything, so there was technically, so there was not technically nothing, God it was there. The phrase, out of nothing, is properly defined in Hebrews 11 verse 3, as meaning that the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Saying there was no matter, there was nothing anywhere than the eternal God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He simply spoke and there was time and there was space. There was the unformed earth. And then when you read through Genesis 1, we read that God spoke again, and then there was light, which He then separated from the darkness. And then He spoke again, and there was an expanse called the sky above the earth. And once again, He spoke, and there were seas and, and dry ground. And again, He spoke, and there was vegetation sprouting up. Again, He spoke, and then the light was tied to heavenly bodies. And again, and there were animals in the sky and in the waters and, and upon the earth, where once there was nothing visible, the universe as we know it was called into being by the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Father, the one we call Abba, 
the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, existing from all eternity and glory, majesty and love. He created a physical universe along with a, a system of time and change. And he called all things into existence with his powerful voice. And then he shaped and he molded these elements into the amazing, vast, and profoundly detailed universe that we continue to study today. So when we read the Bible, we, we see the awesome truths about the origin of the universe that we see around us. And when Christians state what the Bible reveals about the creation of the world, we also repeat what the Bible says about how the Lord upholds and governs all that He made by His eternal counsel and providence. And there's a particular Lord's Day, Lord's Day 10, that, that deals with that more specifically. But for now, we can take note of the fact that the Bible teaches that God remains attentive to all that He has created. So the same God who called all these things into being, created them, who, who the beginning of time is also the God of everyone who believes in His Son, Jesus Christ, and He is attentive to us. He is preeminent and also imminent. The involvement of the triune God with His creatures, that's a, an amazing declaration of the purpose of God's creating work. It's comparable, you could say, to a husband and a wife who, who long to have a child so that they might be able to nurture and walk beside that child for, for all eternity in God's presence. The Scriptures declare to, to all the world that God created us in His eternal love in order that He might love us and live with us in eternal fellowship to His glory. The God who created the heavens and the earth didn't just create everything and then and then stand back and say, there, that's, that's it. I'm done here. But He created us, and then He called us to Him in love. And then when we fell into sin, you can read about that in Genesis 3, the eternal Son of God, He, he entered the world that He Himself had made. It's beyond our, our comprehension. So that we might... We can read in John 1 verse 10 that though the world was made through Him, the world did not receive Him. But the, the Son of God entered creation so that we might be restored to that original purpose of the triune God. And He did this through His shed blood on the cross. And He did it so that we might be led by the Holy Spirit to walk with God our Father every day of our lives. We could see how that instructive declaration of the biblical truth that Christians believe in the Apostles' Creed, that first statement is so important. When we reach, when we talk to our neighbors, when, we, when we're involved in, in mission, what a beautiful statement to use. Let's have this conversation. It starts like this. God the Father created, is creator of, of heaven and earth. And that same Father calls all people everywhere to separate themselves from the world, to join themselves to the body of Christ, the church, 
which is united by faith in this declaration. For that statement of faith distinguishes the Christian church. So after stating what the Bible teaches about God the Father and our creation and the unique relationship that people can have with their Creator through the work of Jesus Christ our Lord, then the church receives that ama- the amazing promises that God gives to us because we are His children. We receive those promises with, with deep gratitude. You're doing that right now. You're, you're taking that in. You're going, thank you, God, for all that you have shown to me. Believing that the Creator of heaven and earth has become our Father in Christ His Son. That's what unites Christ's church. And all Christians, and all times, and in all places in the world, both in what we affirm as true, but also in what we reject as untrue. For when the Bible is accepted as the meta-narrative, the true story, that serves as the true description of our origins and our purpose and, and the cause of our misery our, and then also the cause of our salvation and our future. The necessary result is that we also declare that any other explanation of reality that undermines or contradicts God's revelation in His Word is necessarily untrue. The Bible is true. And like Psalm 116 says, all men are liars. Like the Apostle Paul explained in his speech on the Areopagus we read about in in Acts chapter 17. By accepting God the Father Almighty as creator of heaven and earth, we are also declaring that there are no other gods beside Him. It's the first commandment. By declaring that God is eternal in His holiness and sovereign as Creator, the church rejects any teaching that tries to blend the divine with what is created, as if He is merely the consciousness of the universe. That's a very popular idea now. Or that there is a great spirit who is living right within the trees and in the water, or as if God is so tied to His creation that our actions in the world can actually infiltrate His being and can control His holy nature. See, God is eternal and God is holy. And the church of Jesus Christ that accepts God as her Father in Jesus Christ is then united in declaring that the ancient creation myths that taught that some gods created humans as slaves. The teaching was that these gods were in their pantheon and their heavens above, and they didn't feel like getting water and planting stuff, so they said, let's create some humans to do all the hard work for us. That was a a teaching. Well, we reject that as untrue. We reject the, the, the myth, the creation myth that was also common in, in Egypt thousands of years ago that the world sprouted up from the living silt of the receding Nile. Sometimes you might see that. You go by a river and, and where the water goes down, there is that mud and little bubbles pop up. They said that's how we all came to be. But we reject that as simply not true because 
They said, well, this is the truth for us. Believing in an eternal God who created matter out of nothing with the appearance of maturity, as we read in Genesis 1, also allows the Christian church to unite in the rejection of more modern theories about the origins of the earth, like the the Big Bang Theory, those theories which are based on the presupposition that something, and God, the Bible tells us that even that something had to be created by God, but they teach that something existed in eternity with God. That's the theory of eternal matter. Or that something existed in eternity as God. That's the theory of the eternal consciousness of the universe, which is very closely related to all the teaching about Mother Nature. And then we see how, how pervasive all these theories of the origins of the world are around us. We hear them, we see them, and yet as Christians we declare, no, Christians believe what the Bible teaches about the origins of the world. And accepting the truth of Scripture, then Christians are united in their rejection of the macro-evolutionary explanations that describe the process of creation. Any description that undermines the scriptural teaching that God created several different species according to their kinds. Or Genesis 1 verse 31, that He made everything good. Or that we read in Acts 17 verse 26 that he, He created Adam and Eve as the first two human beings made in His image. Or like we read in Genesis 2 verse 17 that death is a result of the fall into sin. Or that we read in in Romans 5 that Christ came into the world to make atonement for our sins by saving us from the punishment of death by dying for us and in our place. As Christians, we unite in rejecting anything that undermines the description of the Word of God or the promises of the Word of God. And there are many different attempts to blend human imaginations. Paul uh, spoke about that as, as devisings of men, man's devisings in Acts 17, verse 29. But we believe, and we state it straight from the beginning, I believe in God the Father, Almighty Creator of heaven and earth. He is eternal, and in His wisdom, He created the universe out of nothing, Hebrews 11, and for His glory. Now the Lord may use many different means in the universe that He has created. Ultimately, however, it is only the Lord God Almighty who is able to give life and breath and everything else, we read in Acts, to all creatures. And Christians unite to one another and we distinguish ourselves from every other religion and every other teaching in the world by declaring their trust in this Almighty God, their complete assurance that as His adopted and His beloved children, they will receive from Him and from Him alone what we need in this life, even as our life continues after we die. We confess that by the grace of God, we have been brought out of the punishment we deserve for our sinful rebellion, 
And we have been renewed to everlasting fellowship with this Creator in all His glory and all His, His majesty. And He is the one who, who leads us to want to serve Him and Him alone in our work and in our relationships and in our worship. We believe that He is truly sovereign in the universe, holy in glory, and eager to see us, His children, grow in their love for Him and for one another. Indeed, the I believe statement of the church becomes the lens through which we, we see everything around us. It defines our Christian life. So the creed summarizes the truth of Scripture it expresses the unity of the church. And then it also serves as a statement of praise from the lips of all whose perspectives have been shaped by God's Word, by the Holy Spirit. When Christians repeat the first phrase of the Apostles' Creed, it's, it's a way for us to, to give glory to God for all that we see around us. He is Lord God Almighty alone and and even as we reflect on a little bit, it's hard to say those first words without having our mouth drop open in amazement. What a, what a great thing to say. Our Father in Jesus Christ created the heavens and the earth. Now we've been so blessed. Many of us have been so blessed with, with biblical instruction in our lives that we often are not even aware of how different our worldview is, how different that, that lens of that first statement of the Apostles' Creed, how different that makes us, how much it impacts our view of ourselves, how much it affects our, our view of the world around us. Well, you could think about that a little bit. If you, if you ask a person who does not share your creed, your I believe statement, if you ask somebody to describe a human being, you will quickly realize how much of an impact your creedal praise for God has had on your lives. Can you imagine the consequences for your view of yourself and of your neighbor if you believed that humans are just another instinct-driven animal that seems to have evolved from monkeys over millions of years with the sole purpose of being the fittest survivor? Can you imagine living with that worldview? Or can you imagine the consequences of, of believing that your life started when you were born and that you were actually something different during the nine months of formation in the womb? Or can you imagine what it's, it's like to believe that you do not have intrinsic value as a person so that when you stop contributing to society in a meaningful way, your life is not worth preserving? Those are the consequences of these godless origins. And that's what leads to the oppression of the weak and the vulnerable. That's what leads to the manipulation of, of others who people use as, as tools for personal advancement. This is the cause of the despair among people who feel like they are nothing more than a bunch of mere cells 
that are controlled by some impersonal forces from which they were generated. And when we think about that worldview, we see how blessed we are to say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Our eyes do fill with compassion for those who suffer in the great deception, the lies. How we pray that our unchurched neighbors might join us in saying those first words of the Apostles' Creed so that they might be delivered from their fear of death. Maybe you're listening today. Maybe this is new to you. We pray that God might work powerfully in your heart to see who you are, who made you, what God made you for. May we all join together in experiencing the joy of having not an impersonal force, but an eternal Father who sacrificed His only begotten Son and then even took up residence within our hearts. We celebrated that on Pentecost so that we might praise Him for all eternity. And as we pray for others who have perhaps been misled to suppress the truth, we also pray for ourselves as Christians that God may continue to open our eyes to see and to understand the meaning of all that we profess to be true. May God help us to see His glory revealed in His Word and in creation together. May He fill our hearts with wonder and amazement that the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is our Father. May we look around at the world with those eyes and see what He has done. May the Lord help us to see, to marvel at the majestic oceans, at the unique creatures, at the towering mountains, the endless prairies, the terrifying earthquakes, the intricate details of microscopic bacteria, the moving atoms at the core of everything, the the consistency of mathematics, the nourishing foods that, that come from the earth, the way that our body works, the many different ways that people communicate so that we might delight to learn about these things. And maybe there's there are, there are many school-aged children here. This, this is a prayer that you who are in school might continue to marvel at what you are learning. Sometimes we say school is boring. That's a bad attitude. But we're also undermining what we confess about our Creator. It's amazing. May God open our eyes to see it. And then every time we see another human being, and this is to all of us, every time we see another human being, or every time we we reason something out with our minds, or every time we feel emotions, or or enjoy our pet, or study the the different subjects at school, or think about our, our career, may we be reminded of the truth that we confess as Christians, so that we never stop repeating the words of Psalm 8. We'll sing them too. O Lord, O our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth. It's the doxology, the praise of the Apostles' Creed. It's a constant prayer from the lips of those who have been given wisdom and knowledge from the Maker Himself. 
That's the theme of our songs of praise. It's an article of faith that we will never recant or deny. Revelation 4 reveals to us that even in heaven, we will join the heavenly assembly in repeating the words of praise in the first article of the Apostles' Creed. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for You created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. May that truth, that song of praise, that comfort, define each and every hour of our lives. We see his handiwork in the the, the diverse tapestry of life around us. May God also lead us to use the gifts he has given to each one of us in that creation for his glory. Amen.